Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. Times are changing, okay? It's not the same as it was a year ago. And I think a lot of those uh, those stories of people starting with 500 bucks ghee um, are probably people who started, you know, a year ago. Your attention, please, please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair, unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. As a matter of fact, I was just doing a Periscope where I was showing all my early day samples, the stuff that I was potentially thinking about getting into with Amazon right back in November of last year and never actually went forward with it. So that was kind of fun showing all that. And while showing these samples, guys, this whole time doing uh, doing the Periscope, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. So as always, we have our Thursday Q&A. This is episode two of the Q&A. And of course, as always, I am joined by my Q&A co-host, awesome buddy, close friend, Guillermo Puyol. How are you doing, Guy? I'm awesome. How are you doing, Manny? I am doing phenomenal, but I'm even more excited to ask you my Manny question of the day for Gee. I know, I know you always hate these, but they must be done. They must be, right? They must be done. So before we get into the two Q&A questions that you have selected for our listeners today, I have selected two questions for you, but we're only going to ask you one right now. Are you ready for your first question? Ready as I'll ever be, I guess. They're always very serious, so it's going to be good. But, Guy, you're a very smart person. This is something that's been really bothering me as of late. But if vampires cannot see their reflections, right? Why is uh-huh. it, Why is it, Guy, that they always have perfect hair? If vampires cannot see their reflection, why do they have perfect hair? Yeah, how do they get it like that? Man... I think you, you stopped me. What would you uh-huh. do? What would you do if you had to get ready for, you know, you're going out on your anniversary with your wife and you couldn't use a mirror to get ready? How would you look without her help? And you just woke up uh, after, a, you know, a long sleep in a coffin. <laughs> drool, drool all over my face. Yeah. Anyways, these are things that I wonder about. So you don't have an answer for me. Is that what you're saying? No, man. I, I think you've officially stumped me. All right. Guillermo oh, is officially stumped. Perfect. All right. Well, maybe one of the one of our listeners can post on our Facebook group and let us know how that's even possible. Maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, some. guys. 
help me out on this one. I'm I'm gonna be posting posting this Q and A. After you listen to it, go back and and help me out with it with the answer. I have no clue how to. How am I gonna fix my hair if I don't see it? Like Braille? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. Question number one officially of the Q&A Thursday. This is a podcast number two for Thursday Q&A, I believe. So let's do it. Awesome. All right. So this one's coming from Daniel from your neck of the woods in California. Cali. It says, hi, Manny. I love your podcast and you are hilarious and cut straight to the point on your video periscopes. Keep going this way. Don't sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about your content. Awesome, awesome. Are you paying these guys? <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> I, I wish. I wish. I wish I could pay more guys to say stuff like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I'm gonna have to slip somebody a five dollar bill to say something nice about me every once in a while. <laughs> anyway, go. let's let's keep going. So my question is about starting capital. I'm in college and on a limited budget. Most places I have read on or listened to say I can get started in private label for $500 or less. But I asked you on your periscopes the same question and you said I would need more, but then you moved on to another question. Can you go over your thought process on this? Yeah, I actually remember that question. I think it was, uh, I think it was one of those nights that there's no questions and then all of of a sudden go, 50 questions pop up. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the beauty of Periscope, right? It's like you're waiting there, it's live, and then for whatever reason, their server, I, I, this is what I assume, right? Their server just doesn't submit stuff, and then it has to play catch up. And so I'm sitting there looking at the screen going, wow, nobody wants to talk to me, and then boom, 27 <laughs> questions come in all at once, and then they literally are gone. Like in two seconds, I can't I can't read them all. And so, you cannot scroll. No, yeah. you can't scroll. That's, so. a, that's a good question uh, from Daniel. That is a great question. And actually, uh, for those of you that do not uh, get on the periscopes with me. It's probably one of the most common questions that we actually get. And maybe that's also why I, I answered it very quickly um, because, you know, it's asked so many times. It's asked pretty much every single time we have a periscope by somebody. But it's a great question. How much money do you need to get into private label FBA, right? Selling stuff on, on Amazon FBA uh, via private label. So I have flip-flopped on this. I will admit it, guys. And and I'm not, you know, I'm not too uh, too proud to admit that you know, I, I will flip-flop on stuff. If, if somebody presents data to me or if, I, if I'm looking at data and I see that the data is no longer valid or, or it has changed for some reason, then I'm going to switch, right? What worked before might not work now. And I used to be of the mindset, especially because, you know, I started my journey um, not too long ago, guys. This was like four months ago that I actually got into Amazon Private Label. And so I was learning what everybody else was teaching out there. And a lot of what was being taught was, hey, you can get started for 500 bucks. There's a lot of people that have done it for 500 bucks. Do this, do this. And here's a interview and da, 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 right? 500 bucks. So I'm thinking, okay, 500 bucks. And some people have said they started with $200, but times are changing. Okay. It's not the same as it was a year ago. And I think a lot of those, uh, those stories of people starting with 500 bucks, Guy, um, are probably people who started, you know, a year ago. And I'm not saying that it, um, it can't be done. Of course it can be done, but it's just not as easy and it's not normal. So to answer your question, where would you need to be financially, you know, to, to get something going? I know Guy and I, you and I have talked about this, um, off the podcast and we, we agree on a lot of stuff and then we have kind of, um, 
our own ideas on, on how to approach this. But my thing is that I think you should have probably about $2,000 to get started and feel a little bit comfortable. And that's the lowest amount. That's what I think. Okay. So you got to ask yourself, if you cannot come up with $2,000, and I, again, let me preface this by saying, you don't, you shouldn't quit if you don't have $2,000. If you only have $500 and you want to give it a shot, go for it. But let me explain why I think $2,000 is a good number. $2,000 should be a number that most people can come up with somehow, right? You have $2,000 worth of assets that, you know, stuff you can sell that you absolutely, you don't, you don't need to live, right? If you have a, a mountain bike that you use a couple times a year and it's, you know, worth 600 bucks, sell it, try to, you know, try to get some money out of that. This is a business you're trying to build. If you have family and friends and you can borrow, get it. If you can get a bank loan, if you can, you know, get a cash advance on your credit card, whatever it is, try to get this initial seed money, this, this $2,000 to get going. Now, the way I look at it is this, about half of that $2,000 is going to be pay-per-click, you know, to actually market and promote your product once you get it. And the other half, the $1,000 or so, is to get your initial inventory. And this is where it gets difficult, Guy, right? We're talking about $1,000 to get enough inventory to generate some sales and also get the initial um, review process going. I've always talked about, you know, getting um, a good number of reviews. So figure maybe 25 to 50 units are going to automatically need to be used for or as loss leaders. Essentially, you're going to be giving them away at uh, at no profit and probably at a loss to you in order to get those reviews. Does that make right. sense so far, Guy? Yeah. And um, yeah, once you get going, let's just say, I mean, do, you got to do the math. If you only have $1,000 left over because you've set aside half of that, $1,000 for pay-per-click, I would probably say try to get about 300 units. If you can get 300 units, you know, 50 of them for reviews, 250 to sell, then you should be okay for you know trying to promote the product and pushing it for the first month. Now this is totally different than the Manny Coates launch strategy that I talked about in podcast. What episode was that, Guy? Episode twenty? I forget. Twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, you guys, you can see it at the ampmpodcast.com site. But you know, it's a strategy where I talk about you know you're not going to make any money the first month. You're you're actually going to lose money, but you're setting yourself up for the future. If you're very limited on cash flow, you really can't do that, right? You got to try to start making profit right away. So you got to make damn sure that your your product research is, you know, is awesome and that you've got a solid, solid product. You're like very sure that this is going to be a good product, and then you're going to have to try to make profit right off the bat. So you're going to be, um, you're going to have a thousand dollars, okay? You're going to have, let's say, three hundred units of product. I think less than that, it becomes really difficult, and. If you have $1,000, 300 units, you're talking about less than $4 per unit. And that's production cost, shipping it from, let's say, China to the U.S., to you, you know, wherever you're at, and then shipping it, reshipping it from yourself to Amazon. So you've got to factor all that in. So it gets really tight, right? Is this making sense? I hope I, I'm trying to, I know I'm talking about a lot of stuff here. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that that's one of the things that, to consider is 300 units for 1000 bucks. that's 333 landed cost. Yeah. So at that point we're we're definitely breaking one of the rules that, that we always talk about of trying to keep the cost a little bit higher because you're gonna have more competition unless I mean unless you do your research very, very well. Yeah. And we talk about that, right? We are like if you don't wanna be in a very competitive market, then you've got to find those products that you're buying at let's say ten dollars per unit. 
because you're going to turn around and sell them for $40, $45, $50. So now you're buying a product, as Guy just mentioned, landed. Okay, that's with all the costs associated. You're paying your, your customs, your shipping, you're getting it here, you're inspecting it, you're reboxing it and sending it off to Amazon. So you're probably buying the product for, I don't know, what, $1.50 maybe or something like that. So it's going to be a, most likely a, a cheaper product that could potentially, potentially have a lot of people that are jumping into this market. But... And I know this is a Q&A we're, tr we're trying to get through <laughs> through some questions quickly, but this is a really complicated subject. And it sucks because, you know, Guy, I want everybody to have a chance to come in and, and make money doing this. But if, I mean, if you come in with only $500, it's like, uh, man, it's, it's like throwing somebody in an MMA ring with like two days of training and saying, all right, you, you, tapping them on the back saying, you're going to do okay, buddy. <laughs> you got a good chance. You know? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely worth spending time on this question, even if it's the only question we get to, mm -hmm. because we it gets asked so often, and I've heard many people say, "Yeah, you can start with five hundred bucks." Yeah, I mean, you might be able to start with five hundred bucks, but starting doesn't necessarily mean succeeding. Right. Well, let's do the math. Well, maybe you, I don't have the calculator in front of me, but but uh, let's do this real quick. If you start off. Um, with 300 products, and let's just say that you can make a $10 profit, okay? We're talking about a profit on each unit, and that's after pay-per-click costs, that's after every cost, okay? So you, you've got a $10 profit. Let's assume that the first month, we started with 300 units, 50 of them are gone, you make no profit on because um, those were your re your review generating copies or, or you know pieces of, of inventory. So you have 250 to start with to make $10 on. So now you sell them all out in the first month, okay? You just made $2,500. So you started with $2,000. Now you're at $2,500. Okay. Now you have to order inventory. You're out of inventory at this point. So you got to order inventory. And then you've got to wait for the inventory to arrive. And you're actually going to, because you're out of inventory, you have to order them express air. So it's more expensive. So that cuts into your margins as well. And then, um, again, we didn't, we didn't establish an actual price. But let's just say with the $2,500, if you could get $300 before, um, you would be at... What would it be? It'd be another quarter more. Am I doing my math right? Yes. Yeah. So a quarter more would be yeah, three seventy-five. Well, actually, you're probably going to be getting about the same, assuming that you you did um, you shipped it by boat the first time, and yeah. then you're reordering uh, Express Air. Well, but you might have it. that. That's absolutely yeah. That's true for sure. But I don't think the newbie is going to order on a boat the first time. You know, if they're first, if they're starting out there. 99% of the chance going to use express air. So, All right. So I, let's just assume that. I know That's there's, there, yeah, there's a lot of assumptions here. Um, but let's just say, okay, so we get, uh, we have, now the order is going to be 25% uh, larger. So we've gone from 300 units to. Um, 375? Yeah, exactly. 375. Um, so three, 375, now you don't have any review copies, right? Because we've already established that. That's all set. So now you're making $10 profit. We're assuming nothing changes. Now you're going to make $3,750, okay, when it's all said and done. Now you can apply that. We're assuming you are reinvesting 100% of it. So now you're almost at a point where you're now doubling, going into month, potentially month three, uh, doubling the amount of inventory, very close to anyways, that you started with. And you just can't kind of keep repeating this. But remember, there's always going to be that delay from the time you run out of inventory till the time you get new inventory. And then there's a lot of other problems, guys, um, in terms of while you're not listed, right? Your, your product is suppressed uh, because you're out of inventory where you lose your rankings and, you, and there's just some drawbacks to doing that. So it becomes, it's, it's a difficult um, climb, I guess you could say. So you actually almost want to be ordering smaller amounts and then having them shipped on a 
on a regular basis, like almost every week. So you have inventory coming in. So that's kind of the simplistic way I look at it. And, and I would suggest that to, to probably, you know, make sure you have some sort of income, whether you're working full time and you're just doing this on, on the side so that you don't have to pull any money out of those profits. Otherwise, it's going to take forever, right? Maybe you're married and, and your spouse can support you or there's, you have some kind of infrastructure in place. So that's my method, I would say. Find the money right away. Get private label going. Um, you know, there's some drawbacks, obviously. You know, if you borrow it from your family and the, it, the whole thing tanks, then you've got to deal with, with you know, the guilt of that. But it's the fastest way of doing it, I think. Now, Guy has a very good option as well. It's, it's a totally separate thing. So I like for you to uh, kind of explain that one. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I'm hesitant about is recommending somebody to go in debt. Um, and I know that you and I have spoken about this. And there is, according to, I don't know, I, I think you you don't follow Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich That Poor That, but he talks about good debt and bad debt. So this, uh, this debt, this $2,000 debt, that you acquire would actually qualify as good debt because it's getting invested into an asset that will potentially produce a, a profit. So from that point, uh, you're fine. But if you're not comfortable uh, going into business uh, with uh, by borrowing money, and you probably should be uh, should get a little bit comfortable with that because that's that's typically going to happen. Uh, the other option is to use the five hundred dollars and go in a different route. I've, we've talked about uh, retail arbitrage before and we actually had uh, Steve Rakin and, and, and Jameson uh, Filippi on the podcast. And we talked about how you can do some retail arbitrage or thrifting uh, to, to build up capital. And I think that's a, that's a good solution. I would actually say until you can build I don't know, maybe a $2,000 bankroll, maybe you shouldn't jump into private label right away. And I know that that's almost pushing away some of our audience, but hopefully you see our transparency. I'm not, we're not trying to, to guide you into the, into the light of private label at all costs. We, we want the best for you. And that's why I think it's a good idea to, to, to tell you it's not going to take $500. It might, might take around $2,000 to get started. So there's, a, um, there's apps, for example, uh, OfferUp. You can sell stuff locally on OfferUp. And I've, I've actually done stuff like this in the past where I, I used to go uh, to garage sales, thrifting. I, I enjoyed it uh, a lot. Not thrifting, but uh, sourcing. And... There was one occasion in which I, I went out with maybe a couple hundred dollars in my pocket and I get to this house and they have a full collection of unopened uh, Lego Star Wars. And if you know Legos, you know they, they hold their value, they sell well. And it was the last day of the state sale. Everything was half off and it was already priced competitively. So I didn't have the money in my pocket. So that's kind of equivalent to I don't have the money to invest. So I put that that on a credit card. It was, I think, like $1,200 worth of Legos. Hmm. And I sent that in to to Amazon and doubled my money in maybe a couple months. There was another occasion, I, I spoke about it before, when I 
I sourced a whole garage full of books, literally a garage full of books. And that one I paid, I paid cash. It was, I don't know, um, I believe it was $500 that I paid for for that garage full of books. And I flipped it for two, three times the, the, the investment. So be creative. If you don't have the money to start private label, you have to decide how bad do you want it. And if you want it really bad, you're gonna have to find a way to make it happen because trust me, coming up with the money is probably one of the easiest parts of starting a business. Right. So so if you cannot figure out how to come up with an additional $1,500, maybe you're not cut out for this. Uh, if you're struggling over making that, that initial investment, I mean, and I'm not, I mean, no, no disrespect, but get a job. This might not be the, the, the thing for you. I often hear people saying, oh my gosh, I'm, 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 I'm fed up. I'm, I'm, I've worked a 48 hour work week uh, this week. <laughs> that sounds like vacation for you and I, right, Manny? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you're hustling I mean, 40 hours is a, a luxury. That's nice. Yeah, so it, it's, just, um, it's just a mindset kind of thing. If you are trying to start a business and five hundred dollars is all you have, just think of it as the first problem that you have to solve with your business. How are you gonna turn that five hundred into two thousand so you can quickly get started with private label? Because private label is a huge, huge opportunity. But I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, Daniel, I wouldn't let that stop you. I think you should just hustle to turn that five hundred dollars Double it. Go to garage sales. Go, go sourcing. Um, go to. I mean, Craigslist is kind of difficult to find good deals on, but you can uh, do arbitrage uh, locally. You don't have to go to Amazon to do arbitrage. You can even do service arbitrage. If you find somebody that uh, that's a great logo logo artist, but they they're horrible at marketing their services, you go find them a client and get a commission. I mean, do something to get that, that seed capital. Yeah, that's a really good answer. I mean, find a way, you know, and then at some point, you know, learn everything you can, but at some point, just stop learning and do, you know, get out there and roll up your sleeves and, and jump into it. So if that's if that's starting with 500 bucks, then so be it. Um, you know, I think uh, you're gonna need a little bit more to make it easier, but doesn't mean you can't actually uh, make it up to the top of the hill by starting out with less. Yeah. It, just look for the reason why. If your reason why is strong enough, you'll you'll get it going, man. Cool, cool. All right, I think that was a good answer, Key. Your answer, my answer was okay. Yours was great. <laughs> no man, I think it's two point of point of views, and I think they're both they're both valuable. <laughs> Are we doing on on time? Do we have time for another one? It's your call, man. We're at over. We're definitely over twenty minutes. We always do two. Do you want to do a second one? Let's let's go for it. Yeah. Um, okay. And you, if you're listening to this and you're running out of time, you can always come back to to this question. And but let's let's deliver what we always what we always do. Okay, perfect. So the next one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Have... Hang on, Gee. Oh, whoa! <laughs> come on, we're running out of time here. There's always time for Manny's question of the day for Gee. <laughs> This is question number two. <laughs> you cannot skip these, Guy. This is a very serious right. question. Are you ready? Shoot. 
It's a little easier than the last one that stumped you. Okay, this is one that for sure you can answer, I think. Where were you, Guy, three hours ago, and do you think somebody was stalking you? <laughs> I don't know. Now, now you have me freaked out. I'm looking over my shoulder here. Uh, I was in my home office, uh -huh. and if somebody's stalking me, then I'm, I'm worried. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I made that one simple. All right, let's move on. Next question. Question numero dos. Question number those comes from Marius. He says, uh, I found a product I think I want to sell. On Alibaba, the price is good, but then I noticed there are about 20 other sellers selling the exact product on Amazon. Let's just say it's a men's gray wallet with skull on it. With a what? Uh, skull, skull. A skull? With a... Okay, a skull, like <laughs> crossbones, skull. Yeah, okay. yeah. Got it. Remember, English is a second language. I have an accent. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. All right. I don't think Marius has an accent. I do. Okay. All right. So it says all 20 listings are exactly the same, except that they say it's a different brand. The photos don't even show a brand on the product itself. It's just a gray wallet with a white skull. Hmm. <laughs> How... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I should rehearse the, the pronunciation before no, I go into this. <laughs> you're doing perfect, go ahead. All right, now we know, right. it's a skull. It's a, how, it's a wallet this, with a white skull. It's, yeah, so how is this possible? I thought for private label, we needed to add our logos to the product if I have understood uh, some of your earlier podcasts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, looks like he has found something that there's like 20 sellers selling the exact same product. So what would you do, Mike? Okay, I guess we've got to ask some questions so that we're not just uh, making assumptions. So we're assuming that you've done the research and even with the 20 sellers, which isn't out of the question, you know, there could be a hundred sellers selling the product, doesn't matter. But as long as the top sellers are crushable, I like to call it, right? You can go in and just crush that market because they have the specific criteria that we look for, right? They, they're not overly crowded with, with reviews. Their price points are good. Um, it's, not, it's not just one company that's selling the majority of, of, of this particular product um, and so on, right? We've done podcasts on this and we could talk about this at length. And this, this particular Q&A is already long enough. So we're gonna just assume it's good. And if I understand this correctly, Guy, he's saying that everybody's product is exactly the same. Like there's literally no branding on the product. Uh, a, his example is it's a, a, a wallet, a leather wallet, I guess, with a white skull and they're all the same. And, mm -hmm. but, but somebody in the title, maybe they're saying it's the, you know, the, you know, biker Z, you know, skull wallet. And the next one is, you know, um, you know, whatever. It's a, a different brand. Mm -hmm. Okay. So his question was, how is that possible? Well, first of all, that's what private label is, right? I mean, you go out, you source a product and you can literally create your own ASIN for it as long as you've got a brand. You can literally slap that logo on the bag or the box or I guess in, you really don't even need the logo technically and you can, uh, you can put it out there. But I would highly suggest that if you're gonna enter this market, because there's, every, you know, all 20 sellers have the same product, why don't you actually put your logo on there? You know, come up with a really yeah. cool little brand, right, Guy? And yeah, and that, stick it out I was there. thinking that that sounds like a great opportunity to differentiate yourself from from the competition and stand out. 
Yeah. It was a fantastic interview I just did with Kevin King. And he talks about how he's able to sell his products for two to three times the amount of all his competitors because he spends the extra dollar or whatever it costs on on the packaging to make it look amazing, right? It's kind of like a, he, he referred to it as a, like um, Apple's products, right? When you get an Apple iPhone, how, how awesome the, the packaging is. You know, not only the outside of the box itself, but the inside and the way they put everything. So you could have this wallet, you know, with your logo, your brand, whatever it is that you've got going and then make the packaging itself. These other guys are probably sending it in like a, a, a poly bag. You could have a nice little thing that you, you've created for 50 cents or 75 cents, a nice little box that has engraving and stuff. And it just gives that perceived value. And if all the other companies that have their listings are just showing their wallet, show your super awesome box there, kind of like opened up with the wallet there, you know, and, and just giving it that differentiation, making it look really good. That's what I would do. Yeah, I agree. I think if, if all the numbers uh, look good and even the number one seller has done absolutely nothing to stand out then you're gonna be golden if you actually try sounds like these other guys are not really trying yeah and and again we don't know all of the details of this particular wallet and this was your example it's probably not a wallet but uh, using the wallet example once you have your logo done and you've got your prototype and uh, assuming you have samples with that um, you know it's always good to use products um, when you're doing photos um, outside of your primary photo, have these products um, actually being shown as being used, right? So show somebody having it, you know, they're, they're pulling a credit card out of it or they're doing something, you know, it's actually in use. If the other guys don't have that, it just, it drives uh, drives your conversion up. It, it just improves your entire listing. So a lot of little things you can do, but yeah, Guy, I think, uh, you know, if he's done his homework and his research and everything looks good, and they're all the same, I would say that's actually a benefit for him. Yeah, you have a, a chance to kill it on this niche, Marius. Crush it. Yes, for sure. Crush it. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, Guy, anything you want to add to that? No, no. Okay. I think we're good to go. It's been long enough. I appreciate you guys listening in, tuning in. Don't forget to check out the Periscope. Don't forget to rate the, the podcast. If you love it, go to iTunes and give us a rating. And join us on the Facebook group. Go to ampmpodcast.com and look at the sidebar. There's a lot of cool links there. And we look forward to, to interacting with you guys. Yeah, and, and uh, just so in case you've, this is your first podcast, I do a, a daily Periscope. So uh, almost daily anyways. Um, and just install the Periscope app and then do a search for Manny Coates, my first and last name, and boom, I should be first listing. Follow me and then you'll uh, get notified every time I do a video each day and you can participate and ask questions and it's just awesome. But otherwise, as Guy said, uh, please join us in our Facebook group. Guy and I are in there all the time. We'd love to uh, interact with you guys. The links are on the sidebar of the main website, guys. Cool. For the Periscope and for the group. Thank you again. Have an awesome day. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. All right. Bye, guys. You've been listening to the AMPM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.